If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Acts, the 8th chapter today. We're going to spend some time in the 8th chapter. Um, The book of Acts intrigues me because there's so much information that points to the truth of God in everyday living. To me, if I'm going to become a follower of something, (coughs) excuse me, or someone, I need to see if it's legitimate. You see, if it's true, it's proven, it's solid, there's no loopholes, it's beneficial, it's enjoyable, purposeful, life-changing with a total commitment. That's going to be what's going to convince me to follow something or someone. When I made the decision to accept Jesus, I prayed with my mom when I was five years old. When I became a sophomore in high school, I realized that the Lord was, has never, he had never taken first place in my life, so I gave him first place in my life and realized at that point I would never look back because he, he would change me and decide what my career was, what my calling was, if I was going to get married, who I was going to get married to, praise the Lord, he picked Cheryl for me, and all the good things that, that the Lord put in my life. But it came as a result of seeing how legitimate it was to put my faith in him. We're going to talk today, and, and it's, a, it's a story that if you're, you're a student of the Bible, you know a lot about Simon the Sorcerer. But it's one of those stories where you can look at it and just kind of flip a switch and go, heard this, been there, done that, and you move beyond it. My goal this morning is for you and I to take this phrase, we got to utilize the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives because we're missing a tremendous opportunity daily when we do not allow that that power to move us into an arena that's going to be effective for Him. Not only for Him, but for us. We begin to, to see Him work. Do you know Jesus as your personal Savior today? And I want to encourage you that, that as you think about that decision in your life, know that as we talk through this this morning, we're going to talk about forgiveness of sin, and we're going to talk about the ability to, uh, to have a personal relationship with Him, and then experience the power that, that He brings to us on a daily basis, guiding us, directing us, protecting us, moving us forward, correcting us. There are just things in our lives that, that He wants to do. In Acts, I feel like Luke, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, shares with us how living daily with the Lord is very doable. Here's why. It's believable. Imagine if we were told that being a Christ follower was only good and never challenging. Easy to live according to simple principles that always turned out the right way. Our sinful tendencies magically went away. Would you say yes? I think I would. Because I would feel like there's this magical formula. And here's the thing. We come to the 8th chapter of Acts, and we find that the apostles are in an interesting situation because they've got to share some very difficult concepts that allow people to experience the Holy Spirit in a very powerful way. If you're here today and you're looking for an easy out, Christianity's not that way. But if you're here today looking for forgiveness of sin and the ability to experience a joy that, that is matched by nothing this world has ever offered, then Jesus is the answer. And so as you begin to to understand that today, my prayer is that as we look through the Scriptures, we'll begin to see it. We we see the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It it comes upon people and radically changes them and those around them. So why wouldn't God just make the Holy Spirit available to everyone and force it on us? Maybe you've heard that before. You you look at Christianity and you go, if if it's so good, why doesn't He just put it in our lives and take care of it? John 3.16 says, whoever believes in Him will not perish. Whoever. We have a free will. We make that decision. But what I want you to catch this morning is that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to live a life that is so powerful and so life-changing we never have to look back if we learn how to utilize what He has for us. 
we come to the eighth chapter of Acts and we begin to see the power of the Spirit working amongst a group that had no idea what it meant or how it looked. They, they had just kind of experienced life and suddenly this group called The Way had burst on the scene sharing about this person named Jesus who was, would, did some radical things. Then they heard about this dying on the cross, raising again, talking to eyewitnesses who saw him alive after he died. Nobody else in the world can make that claim. And, he, and then he was raised into heaven to sit at the right hand of the throne of God. Those are, those are amazing ideas. And they're ideas that really shook up this poor little group. And so we come upon it and we see that Philip is in Samaria and we begin to see what he's going on. Let, let me read this to you. It's on the screen behind you. I picked it out of the New Century version today just for a little different. This is kind of a storytelling version that I like. Philip went to the city of Samaria and preached about the Christ. When the people there heard Philip and saw the miracles he was doing, they all listened carefully to what he said. Many of these people had evil spirits in them, but Philip made the evil spirits leave. The spirits made a loud noise when they came out. Philip also healed many weak and crippling people, crippled people there. So the people in that city were very happy. But there was a man named Simon in that city. Before Philip came there, Simon had practiced magic and amazed all the people of Samaria. He bragged and called himself a great man. All the people, the least important and the most important, paid attention to Simon saying, this man has the power of God called the great power. Simon had amazed them with his magic so long that the people became his followers. But when Philip told them the good news about the kingdom of God and the power of Jesus Christ, men and women believed Philip and were baptized. Simon himself believed. And after he was baptized, he stayed very close to Philip. When he saw the miracles and the powerful things Philip did, Simon was amazed. Verse 14. When the apostles who were still in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When Peter and John arrived, they prayed that the Samaritan believers might receive the Holy Spirit. These people had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, but the Holy Spirit had not yet become upon any of them. Then when the two apostles began to laying their hands on the people, they received the Holy Spirit. Simon saw that the Spirit was given to the people when the apostles laid their hands on them. So he offered the apostles money saying, give me also this power so that anyone on whom I lay my hands and receive the, will receive the Holy Spirit. Peter said to him, you and your money should both be destroyed because you thought you could buy God's gift with money. You cannot share it with us in this work since your heart is not right before God. Change your heart. Turn away from this evil thing you've done and pray to the Lord. Maybe he will forgive you for thinking this. I see that you are full of bitter jealousy and ruled by sin. Simon answered, both of you pray for me to the Lord so the things you have said will not happen to me. After Peter and John told the people what they had seen, Jesus do, and after they had spoken the message of the Lord, they went back to Jerusalem. On the way, they went through Samaritan towns and preached the good news to the people. The power and the truth of the Holy Spirit to me needed to be challenged, and it was. Sometimes we are led to believe that the way we live our lives as Christians, and I'm talking to you this morning, if you've asked Jesus to be your personal Savior, is just kind of a set thing and Automatically, this happens and that happens, and we forget the fact that what God challenges us is through the Holy Spirit, we have the ability to experience power like we've never experienced it before. Seeing things happen, that, that He wants to make a difference in us and through us, and yet we are just content to sit and do very little. We see pre- Before we get to, to Simon, the sorcerer, we see Philip preaching in Samaria to a group of people who weren't always included in the upper circles of life. 
The Samaritans, who were despised by most Jewish people, were reached by Philip, and it was amazing. And as I begin to form the outline of this passage this morning, the first thing that stood out to me is the attraction of God's precision. It was authentic. And when I say the attraction of the precision is, he knew exactly all the people that he wants to reach and were all included. There's this precise effort by him to include everybody. He just didn't include the most educated or just only those people who graduated from George Fox, the elite. He included people that were, had the ability to just kind of... That was kind of funny, wasn't it? Maybe not. And true, thank you, Clara. Amen. Um, yes, we, we get that. But, but what you begin to see is that, that his power and his love includes us all. Why does that speak to me and to you today? Because we live in a society that, that tells us that just certain groups are the the most privileged, and have the right to speak, and have the right to say things, and, and Jesus shows up and says, hey, I love you all. And if you, for, if you ask for forgiveness, I'm going I'm to forgive your sins, and I'm going to change your life. If you're sitting here this morning, and you're struggling through the concept of what it means to be a Christian, you've never heard anybody say to you, would you like to know Jesus as your personal Savior? My, my prayer for you today is that you will clearly understand this great opportunity to, to receive Him into your heart and life, and from this day forward, live with Him in a great relationship. It's life-changing. It's life-changing in, in homes, in marriages, in work relationships, in neighborhood relationships, in family relationships. A personal relationship with Jesus makes the difference. It's authentic. The attraction of God's precision is authentic. And what I mean is the power of the Holy Spirit is available for everyone. And as we find this group of outcasts who are considered unclean, finding Jesus and benefiting from the Spirit, we begin to see that it's this love that includes everything. Acts 2.21 says, And everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. I met a guy for, for over two years on a regular basis who felt like he could not accept Christ because he wasn't good enough. With sin and guilt in his life, he didn't think he was worthy of the love of Jesus. Titus 2.11 says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It's authentic. It's authentic. And as we begin to see that, things change in our lives, and there's, there's a difference. Let me give you a couple of Scripture passages this morning. Getting a little excited here. I'll slow down. Matthew 13, 23. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. We, start, we want to start with the authentic part of knowing God, showing what happens when we, when we know Jesus. We become His disciples that produce other believers. The, the authenticity of Christ and His promise of salvation along with the power of the Holy Spirit makes a difference in all of our lives. And so as you and I take this simple part of Acts 8, a simple story that we've studied many times, we begin to see that the authenticity is like nothing the world can offer us. And as we step out there, the problems we have, we come to know God and that authentic relationship begins to change who we are and what we do. Acts 2.41, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. There's a power and there's love and there's hope in the message that God gives through his Son and the Holy Spirit. Let me write, read that again. There's power and love and hope in the message that God gives us through his Son and the Holy Spirit. Have you experienced that love and that power this morning? Early in my ministry, I, I had a young man come to my youth group, and as he came to my youth group, he, was, he lived in a home that just ah, was highly suspicious of anything Christian-related. And so as I began to, uh, to set up our youth program, and we had all these activities going, his mom said to him, you will not be allowed to attend church because it's taking you away from our home far too often. 
And he was just kind of getting to know us. So he came to me and, and said, this is what's happened. And I said, you need to honor your mom's re- request. You need to go home and you need to say, mom, I love you. I will do whatever you, you, you want me to do. And if there's times I can fit in with the youth group, I'd like to. And when his mom heard this, she sent him right back. And the very next time he came, he accepted Jesus as his personal savior. He is now a, a teacher in a Christian school. He actually was a coach for a while in college and, and in track. And he had Heidi as one of his uh, athletes, and she remembered that he would encourage her with Scripture verses. But I say that to you today to tell you that the authentic part of the message of God changes lives. We're going to get to the third point in a, minute, in a minute, always. So if you're struggling in your faith this morning, I want to challenge you, as I challenge myself, to take the power of the Holy Spirit and, and just utilize it to, to get me off of the dime, to get me going again if I'm just simply sitting here and worrying about all my problems. Oh, this is happening, and this is happening. we got power. And that power wants to move us into arenas where we can see him at work. The authentic, actual truth and power of God through the Spirit was far more effective than the magical powers of an unbeliever. As we see the attraction of God's power, we see that it was actual. We begin to see that that Simon the sorcerer, um, who was a magician, had the attention of the people because they saw he had some kind of power. It was evident because they wouldn't have followed him otherwise. The attraction of God's power is that it's actual. But when they came face to face with with Philip and the truth of the gospel, God began to work in awesome ways so much that Peter and John were sent there to see if this was legit. When they saw that that it was, they, they laid hands on those who accepted Christ and the power of the Spirit came upon them. And again, the authentic, actual truth and power of God through the Spirit was far more effective than the magical powers of unbelievers. 2 Peter 2.18 gives us a clear idea of, of emptiness. For they mouth empty, boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of sinful human nature, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. And then 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they're foolishness to him. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. These verses describe those who do not have the power of the Spirit in them, and they lead others to a kind of entertaining truth, not the real truth. I ask myself this question as I'm preparing this message. Is the entertaining truth part of my life? Does that drive who I am? In other words, do I only want to do those things that entertain me? My very first youth pastor job, very first. I was 22 years old, and I, I approached a group of nine staff, and I sat down at 22, and they were late 20s, early 30s, looking at me like, who, who do you think you are? And I was doing the same thing. Who do I think I am? I'm a little worried about this. And, and two, two of them said, I, I will come every Sunday for you, John, as long as I don't have to do anything in preparation. I don't have to read the Bible. I don't have to do anything. I'll just be here. And I was like this, you're going, how, how, does, that, uh, how does that help lead any of these youth that you're talking to? How does it lead them to the truth? And their concept was it was just too much work. I didn't want to have to do it. I, I feel like we get caught up sometimes in thinking that life is to be this easy, simple little path that we don't have to do a lot of things. And I'm not saying the opposite of that is true. If you accept Jesus today, you're going to have to work so hard. It's horrible. You're not going to be happy. It's a hard... No. It's a fulfilling... I heard a laugh over there. Thank you, Karen. You're my friend. It's a fulfilling opportunity to see God use us in the very best way that He can. And that's purpose. And that's meaning. And that's accomplishing something that God gives us the ability to do as we see Him put together the things that he wanted us to do. It's actual. 
And as we see that, we see in Acts 8 that there was this actual presence of God that showed his power to people who were confused and not sure which direction to go. And he began to enter in and say, hey, even the things that you thought were powerful, this God liturgy of the the ages who had magical powers means nothing when Jesus changes your life. I thought for a long time about what that would look like in our society today. And I asked myself, so, so what would the magician and the magical things be? It would be more of an attraction of to me, things that, that kind of become our idols that we say are so important, if it's, if it's wealth, if it's uh, a certain type of lifestyle, if it's um, a certain avenue that I follow and it becomes my whole goal, this is all I'm going to do and this is where I'm... He begins to lose the ability for us to, to see in a wider perspective what he wants to do with us. Those are all things good as they're connected to God, but outside of God, they just literally become kind of a power that, that drives us in a direction that really amounts to nothing. In mouth empty words, that verse of Scripture says. The third thing that I see this morning is the attraction of God's presence. The attraction of God's presence, and it's always. First, we get to the part where Simon kind of challenges the disciples in a major way. Verse 18 and 19 says, Simon saw that the Spirit was given to people when the apostles laid their hands on them. So he offered the apostles money, saying, Give me also this power, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands will receive the Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, Simon sees a way into the message that Philip has been sharing that will benefit Simon in a significant way, God, God's power that will bring profit to him in the wrong manner. And this is where you begin to see that that, that message, that authentic, actual message of God is always the same as we go on. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says this, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. What scares me this morning is how many of us are blinded by gods of this age, steering us down paths that lead to destruction. The seduction of the world leads us to a way of living, and then it blinds us to God's truth. The message of Acts is very similar all the way through the book, and a lot of it talks about repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Begin to find the power of God in your life. And if it becomes too much, some people kind of go, I'm tired of that, that verse and chorus. I mean, I don't want to always think about what I do is wrong and what I do is right. And I don't always have to think that I have to repent. He's not saying that. What he's saying today is that he's giving you and I the ability to have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to work right through those challenges, to begin to see the important things in our lives. And, and what, what excites me is that's where he's asking us to live. And then I'm reminded of the attraction of God's presence always. 1 John 1.9, talked about it earlier. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. It's a continuing process. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle where I realize that the sin that I carry, I no longer have to, and I can give it to God. If you're carrying un- unwanted sin today, give it to him. It's a witness of his authentic purpose in our lives by saying to you, if if you've confessed our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. So here's this righteous God who has the ability to relate to right where I live, and he's saying, I'll take your sin, and I will take it out of your life, and I will forgive you. You no longer have to live that way because I'll give you the power of the Holy Spirit, not only to remind you, but to give you the strength to work beyond those situations and then eliminate the sin from your life. And if you can't, he'll continue to work with you. The goal is not guilt. 
The goal is not discouragement. The goal is victory and power and joy and hope. Simon sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit. He stands out in my mind. And right away when he realized what he'd done, he went right to Peter and John and he said, would you pray for me so the Lord can work with me? I I called that in the first service accountability. There are times in our lives where we have to be held accountable because we need to step back from the the action we're pursuing and the direction we're going. and, And through accountability, we can be pointed back to the truth. That's hard sometimes because we kind of get set in our ways. We kind of determine that, hey, I'm pretty good at I know what I do the best. I know how to respond to things. I know how to live. And if you tell me I have to change, yeah, it's going to be pretty tough because I'm, I'm pretty with it here. And yet with accountability partners, you begin to realize that there are things that, that need to change. And in, in, in my lifestyle or my lifetime, the different accountability partners I've had have been very helpful to me because they'll point me, that we'll, we'll study the, the, the word and then we'll really get into it and then we'll say, hey, how does it apply to our lives? And we begin to see this is how it makes a difference. This morning, I want to use the application in a couple of ways, and it's, uh, it's the 16th and 17th verses of Romans 1. If you did any Bible memory programs, you, you always me- memorize Romans 1.16. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor today, because just to make sure you're awake, let's read these two verses out loud together as they're on the screen. Would you read them with me? Let's go. I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. We have the power to live for him each day. It's authentic, it's actual, and it's always. And as we claim his power, we begin to see that that what he tells us is that it's the power of God for salvation. It's for everyone who believes. And then this gospel, it's a righteousness that's revealed from God. It's a righteousness that makes a difference. I put a, a little picture up here, if you can put it up there, about righteousness. And, and if you see its works and its faith, and here's the amazing thing, it's balanced out. It doesn't say by how good we are or by how many works we do, it's going to be better. It says that there, there's works and there's faith, and, and it's equally important for us to believe that God's going to take care of our lives and then give us the ability to work for Him. presence of God's power precisely. His power and His presence make such a difference for you and me. Here's how I want to finish our time together. I feel like I can get lost in in understanding what it means. And I'm going to show you this in just a second. Matt's going to put this up there. But I've been watching the Wimbledon Championships. It's fun to watch tennis. I watch it once in a while. And there's one particular referee or position that fascinates me. And it's right at the end of the, uh, he can put it up there now, right at the end of the, this guy or this gal's job is to watch the serve and the line. So when you, nine times out of ten, the camera angle shows you the serve, and as it comes through, this guy will either point left or right, and he stands, this is his stance through the whole match. Here's what amazes me about this position. Some of those serves are coming at 130 miles an hour. They don't move. The guy stands there, and the ball hits right here, and he's just sitting right here. I'm telling you, I could never apply for that job. I'm jumping all over. The thing comes... 10 feet from me, I'm going to dive under a, for cover. That's 120 miles an hour. This guy just simply, and I watched, I watched a whole bunch of them as I watched it. They don't move. They just point this way, they point this way, and the ball hits right there. Here's how I liken it to Christianity. You knew I was going to get there at some point. 
I feel like sometimes we are sitting right here in our lives, and, we're, and I'm not saying the guy's not clueless. I'm saying he's focused. But we're focused on so many things that we're doing that we miss the opportunities to make a difference, and, and things are popping around us. We're not even moving because we've, come, we've become immune to what they're doing to our lives. And so I want to challenge you today in your walk with Christ to literally say, would you make me so much more aware of how I need to utilize the power of the Holy Spirit in my life? Because there are things in my life that God wants to change. And it's only going to change them by the ability that I have to, uh, to see his power at work in my heart and my life. Two weeks ago, the Lord gave me the phrase, don't give the devil a foothold. This morning, he just kept impressing upon me this week, utilize God's power in your life. Instead of an, a, an invitation and a, a response this morning, I want to challenge you to see that God will bless you in such a powerful way this week that you'll notice differences in your life. Let's pray together as the worship team comes down. Lord, I pray today that that you would take uh, our time together this morning. Great worship, uh, sharing of great camp this week, and we've had chances to pray and read your word and and just do a lot of things that point to you. But but Lord, we know that that the Holy Spirit wants to be a part of our, our everyday living and our thought process and our habits and our lifestyle. And so this morning we pray that you would take the very things that you're talking to us about and help us to give them to you and see you use them in a great way. Lord, thank you for your love. Thanks for your presence here today. It's in your awesome name we pray. I want to encourage you this morning as God has been talking to you. If you want to grab somebody at the end of the service, you want to find me or one of the staff, we'd love to pray with you. Because you just kind of see him and the things that he wants to do in your life. You know, I feel like we, we come for a reason. And as we come for a reason, the reason is to give the Holy Spirit just an opportunity to minister among us. And I think he's been here this morning, very present. But it's up to us as his members of his family to respond. And so that's how I'm praying today that you will respond. I want to pray a blessing over our congregation this morning. Let's just pray together. Father, I pray that you would this morning fill each of us with your power. You would fill each person, each individual person with just a sense of your power and your presence in a way that they've never felt before. Taking care of hurts and problems and concerns and anxiety. And Lord, heal where healing needs to be taken, needs to take place. I pray for marriages this morning. And I pray for relationships that you would be such a powerful influence in our homes and in our marriages and in our relationships that we will sense your love in a new way. And again, hurts will be healed. And I pray for your power and your presence to be with us as we leave this place in our neighborhoods and in our cities and in our communities and wherever you put us, that we will be bold for you as we see your power change the way we think and live. Thanks, Lord. Thanks for your love. It's in your awesome name we pray.